Hi, and welcome back to the Teach for the Heart podcast. I'm your host, Linda Cardamus, and we're here to give you the ideas and inspiration you need to overcome your teaching challenges and make a lasting difference in your students' hearts and lives. But there's the rub, isn't there? Because every episode we get on here and say, we're here to help you make a difference. And we end every episode saying, you are making a difference. But what do you do when you don't feel like you're making a difference when it feels like nothing is working and you're not seeing the success that you want. That's what we're going to talk about in today's episode. Before we dive into that, though, I want to invite you to join us in Teach Uplifted. Now, you've heard me talk about Teach Uplifted many times on the podcast. It is your six-week path to banish stress and teach with the joy of the Lord, even when things are crazy or not going the way that you want. This program is available year-round for you to complete at your own pace, but what I'm inviting you to right now is an exciting opportunity because we are going to be going through Teach Uplifted together. So we're calling it Teach Uplifted Live. It doesn't mean you have to show up to any live classes, but what it means is that we're all going to be starting at the same date and going through the materials at the same pace so that we can talk about it and discuss it together and that you kind of feel that excitement and energy of doing a program together with fellow teachers that are experiencing the same challenges that you are. So if you'd like to get the details for that, you can head to teachfortheheart.com slash T-U live. Teachfortheheart.com slash T-U live. T for teach, U for uplifted, and then live because we're going to be going through it together on the same schedule. Of course, you're always free to go at your own pace, uh, but it's really fun to kind of stick with the schedule and to do it together with us. We hope to see you inside Teach Uplifted. Today, though, we're going to talk about actually a lot of the same themes that we dive into in more detail in Teach Uplifted, because we're going to be dealing with this question of what do I do when I feel like nothing I'm doing is working, when I don't feel like I'm making a difference, when I feel like I'm just not having the success as a teacher that I want. How do we handle that what do we do? I'm excited to talk about this with you today. I want you to tell you I experienced this feeling firsthand many times, um, both as a teacher and now, to be completely honest, working with Teach for the Heart, there's times when things don't go the way you want, when it feels like everything you're trying isn't working. And so I've really, God has really been teaching me a lot about how to handle that, how to handle when you feel like things aren't going the way you want. And I hope that these lessons will be a blessing to you as well. So the first thing that we need to do when things just aren't going the way we want, we're not seeing the results that we want, is to remember that growth takes time. Growth takes time both in ourselves and in our students. And that means that we can't always see the progress that is happening, especially in real time. Okay, so you are working with students day in and day out, whether you see them face to face, whether they're online You're working with them. You're pouring time and energy and effort and prayers and all of that. But you might not be seeing anything coming back at you. You might not seem like anything is changing. But remember, growth takes time. You can't always see that progress, especially in the day-to-day. Sometimes you don't notice it for months. Sometimes, honestly, you don't notice it the whole year. Sometimes that growth, those seeds that you're planting, that work that you're doing, you know, doesn't really take off until 
next year with another teacher even. But that doesn't mean that it's not making a difference. If you can pic- if you can picture that exponential curve in your mind where things are starting off and it's like such little progress, but you hit that inflection point and boom, the graph takes off. That's a lot of times what it's like. Sometimes you're doing that work in those beginning phases where it, you're making these incremental changes that feel like they're doing nothing, but it's heading to that inflection point. So just starting with that encouragement that growth takes time. Just because you don't see progress doesn't mean it isn't happening. It doesn't mean it's all falling on deaf ears. We just don't always see it. It sometimes takes time. That's true for your students. It's true for yourself. Maybe you're discouraged because you feel like you're not growing and progressing in your skills or or in your abilities as fast as you want. It doesn't mean nothing's happening, okay? That growth takes time time. And so which is something helpful to remind ourselves when we're feeling like nothing's making a difference. We don't know what's happening. This All this work and effort that you're putting in is making a difference. It is getting you closer to those inflection points. It's just you don't always, you don't always see it. You don't always know what's happening underneath. And so we have to be patient and we have to persevere. So number one, remember that growth takes time. Number two, realize that God calls us to faithfulness, but the results are his. This kind of flies a little bit in the face of what we hear in the world a lot. What we hear from society is that you are strong, you can do anything, you can accomplish anything. But the truth is that that's not really what we see in the Bible. In the Bible, we see God calling us to be faithful. And we see that the results are in His hands. And it's not about grinding and and forcing things to happen in our own strength. It's about showing up every day to the task God has called us to, working heartily for the Lord and not for man. And realizing, though, that ultimately, God is the only one that can change hearts and minds, right? We are called to speak truth. We are called to love. We are called to make a difference and to do everything that you're doing every day. But we aren't called to change a heart, to change a mind, to change a life. We can't do that. Only God can do that. And so we are called to faithfulness. And the results are in God's hands. And kind of grabbing a hold of this can be can be really helpful. You know, it's it's true of working with people. It's true also of just some of the work we do day to day. You know, if you work and you plan a lesson and it doesn't turn out exactly the way that you wanted to, that's not a time to get completely discouraged about that, right? If you did your best on that lesson and it didn't turn out the way you want, the results are not always in our control. All we can do is our best. Now, don't don't get this wrong here. Do we learn from that bad result and maybe try something different next time? Absolutely, okay? Uh, we're not saying do the same thing over and over that's not working. That's not at all what we're saying, okay? Obviously, wisdom says you examine your practices, you always seek to improve, all of that. Okay. I'm not, please hear me. That is so important. We talk about that all the time on Teach for the Heart, the importance of learning and growing and improving. But the flip side of that, the danger of that, the danger of always trying to grow and improve and be better is sometimes we, once again, grab it all and have it all feel like we can force success on our own. And there just is an element where there's only so much we can do and the results ultimately 
are in God's hands. I, I've said this before um, when I the exercise program, Tony Horton in P90X says over and over, do your best and forget the rest. And I, we, I see that in scripture. Do your best and forget the rest. Doing our best calls for examination. It calls for correction. It calls for improvement. It calls for, you know, trying new things. But ultimately, all we can do is our best. We cannot ultimately control the results. So all of this to say, recognize when you're feeling like what you're doing isn't working and you are trying your best and you are trying new things and you are examining and trying to come up with new ideas, we have to recognize, okay, I'm going to keep doing this. I'm going to keep doing my best. I'm going to keep trying new things. But God doesn't call me to blank result. God calls me to do my best. God calls me to faithfulness. And ultimately, I have to tr- I have to trust him that if the results aren't what I'm hoping to see, that he's in control, that he has a reason, and that he is still working. All right, so number one, remember that growth takes time and you can't always see the progress that's happening. Number two, realize God calls us to faithfulness, but the specific results are in his hands. Number three, and this is a tough one, examine our hearts for idols. Now, if you're not familiar with this terminology, you might be saying, Linda, what on earth are you talking about? I have no idols. <laughs> I don't bow down and worship any idols. That's not something I need to worry about. Well, yes, in modern times, most of us don't have statues that we're bowing down for. That's not a temptation for most of us. But idolatry in our heart definitely still happens. And what I mean by that is, you know, in ancient days, an idol was something that people looked to to grant them their deepest heart's desires, right? So, you know, if they were having trouble with different things, you know, crops, fertility, um, love, they went to those different gods or goddesses and asked them for what they needed, right? So they were putting their trust and their hope and their identity in some cases in these other gods. Well, we can do that in our lives. We don't bow down to statues, but we look to other things to give us hope, to give us our deep desires of our hearts, to fulfill those desires, to give us our identity. So teaching, and particularly being successful at teaching, can often become an idol in our lives. I know it has been in my life, both teaching and then also other endeavors that I've had, um, is we start finding our identity in that. My identity is being a good teacher. So if I'm not a good teacher, what am I, right? It's it's more than just, oh, I'm not seeing the results I want. It's like an identity crisis when things aren't going the way we want. Um, sometimes we find our identity in just being successful. Sometimes we find our identity, our hope, our deepest desires in even our cause or our mission. So if you have a particular cause um, that you're feeling particularly passionate about in relationship to your work in education, right? That can become an idol. Now, these are good things. Being a good teacher, you know, our causes, our missions that God has given us, being successful, these are all good things. But if we are finding our hope in them, our identity in them, if that is the deep desire of our heart, then that is misplaced hope and identity and desire, okay? Because our ultimate hope and identity has to be in Christ alone, okay? It has to start in Him. And then out of that deep understanding and and, and fulfillment in Christ, then we work out and be our teaching must flow out of that. So what I'm trying to say here is sometimes when we're really discouraged, 
What's really happened is that we have taken our desire to be successful, our desire to make a difference, and we have put it too high on our priority list, too high in our hearts. It matters too much to us. And so what we have to do is we have to dethrone that idol. We have to cast it down and we have to look at Christ and we have to say, God, you are enough. If I am never a successful teacher again, I am still worth, I I still have my identity because my identity isn't in being a successful teacher. It is in being your child. If I, you know, never see these results that I want to see, uh, I can still have hope. I can still have fulfillment. I can still have joy because my ultimate fulfillment and joy and hope is in you, God. I always have you. And so if I'm looking at you first, then I don't have to have this other thing to be, to have success, to have fulfillment, to have my deep desires of my heart fulfilled. Okay. So we have to, and this is, this is, this is some deep work. If if this is resonating with you at all, I highly recommend the book Counterfeit Gods by Tim Keller. This really helped me work through some of this. I had to work through a lot of this in relationship to teaching, particularly when I had to step away, um, when I wanted, was going to um, have my first baby and I was stepping away. I really had to work through a lot of this and realize that I had put teaching in, in, in too high a spot in my life, and I had to cast down that idol and, and turn to God. And since then, I've had to do it again and again, right? These idols have ways of creeping back into our hearts, um, but we have to cast them down. We have to realize that our hope and identity must be in Christ alone. And when we are firm in that, when He is on the throne of our lives, then we can approach our work um, through the right framework. We, we can approach that. We can do what we talked about in the last point. We can be faithful even if the results don't come because we're working for God. Um, and that's what matters. And that actually um, brings us to point four. Our next point is we are going to pray for God to work both in us and through us. And we're going to seek the Holy Spirit's guidance and enabling. So prayer. Prayer is something that... Uh, no, we know it's so vital, but I don't know about you. It's It doesn't always feel like the biggest priority, especially when my to-do list is long, especially when things aren't going right. Sometimes I have a tendency to buckle down and just try to work harder, to try to fix it myself. But that's the opposite of the, what we really need is prayer, right? Yes, we do need to work hard, but we need to pray harder, right? We need to realize that God is the one that controls the results, that we need his enabling. We need his strength. We need his joy. We need the Holy Spirit to guide us. The Holy Spirit understands the situation perfectly. It knows exactly what's needed. And so rather than trying to just rack our brains and and, and somehow come up with a solution, we can pray for God to, to lead us and then trust him that he will at the right time. Um, so praying for God to work in us and through us, and seeking the Holy Spirit's guidance, asking Him to bring to our minds the solutions we need, you know, to guide our words and our actions, and to work in our students' lives, and to be to them what they need. So number one, remember growth takes time, and we can't always see the progress that's happening. Number two, realize God calls us to faithfulness, but the results are His. Number three, examine our hearts for idols and surrender them to God. Number four, pray for God to work in and through us and seek the Holy Spirit's guidance and enabling. And then finally, 
Number five, work each day in cooperation with the Spirit. Work with our whole heart for the Lord and not for men. So this is just the day-to-day activity of getting up, praying, God, this day is yours. I pray you will work in me and work through me. May I follow your Spirit's leading. And then getting up and going to work, whether it's at your school or at your kitchen table, and saying, okay, I am working this day for the Lord. Whatever the results, whatever happens, you know, whether my principal loves or hates my lesson, whether my students, you know, are horribly mean or or gratifyingly appreciative, I am working this day for the Lord and the results are His. And at the end of the day, I can feel fulfillment that I did what God called me to do today. And reminding ourselves of that over and over and over, because that's what that's what spiritual warfare is, right? It's coming back to truth over and over and over. And when we get discouraged, coming back to them, reminding it, going through it, going through this process again, and coming back and um, relying on Him ultimately. Let's take a moment and pray together. Father, thank you that you are there with us every moment of every day. Thank you that you are in control, that even when things aren't going the way we want, you have a plan and a purpose that you're working in us, you're working through us. I just thank you so much that you are so gracious and patient with us, that even when we forget you, when we don't bring you into our work, that you are there that you are still working, that in fact, oftentimes our our lack of success is your grace in bringing us to a place where we depend more on you. I pray that you will help each of us, Father, in this new year to rely on you and your strength. May we find our hope in you and may you do amazing things in and through us as we choose to trust in you and to not trust so much in our own abilities and our own intellect. Thank you so much for your great goodness to us through your son, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. Well, thank you guys so much. Um, I hope that you will um, join us in Teach Uplifted Live. Once again, the link for that is teachfortheheart.com slash TU Live. Uh, you also can check out the notes for this episode and maybe bookmark it for future reference when you need a refresher at teachfortheheart.com slash 160, teachfortheheart.com slash 160. That's this episode's number. We're also going to link in that episode to a few other resources if you want some additional help in this regard, there's two other podcast episodes that I highly recommend that you check out and we'll link to both of them there. The first is episode 150, which contains 10 truths that can really help you if you cling to those truths during hard times. And then episode 155 was about grace over grind, which is about learning how to cooperate with God and work in His rhythms um, rather than being so overwhelmed by our to-do list. So both of those I highly recommend if you haven't checked them out yet as kind of some next steps. So you can get all those links at teachfortheheart.com slash 160. And then please, we'd love to have you join us in Teach Uplifted Live. We'll dive into so many of these truths in so much more detail. We'll examine scripture and talk about how to actually trust God. You know, what does that actually look like? What does it look like to stop hoping in ourselves and start 
trusting in God day to day and then putting that into practice in the classroom. So we'd love to have you join us at teachfortheheart.com slash TU live. Well, thank you guys again so much. I look forward to being with you again soon. In the meantime, keep growing, keep trusting. You really are making a difference.